Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. We got the Bills taking a bad overtime loss. Six straight overtime losses now for the Bills as they lose to the Eagles in a game of the year candidate. Jaguars outlasting the Texans' last-minute drive on a missed 59-yard field goal. A tanking update and top three, bottom three here on the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Chris Kostich, and with me, Adam Wright, the founder. Adam, how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was pretty good. Got plenty of food. It was a good Thanksgiving, you know. Always good to eat some turkey and then take a long nap afterwards. And, uh, you know, that nap actually saved me from being able to do dishes. Uh, nice. I swore I was going to get to it. Just laid down for my on my beanbag chair for like two minutes. Next thing you know, it's eleven o'clock, and I just slept through everything, and everyone's gone. Nice. So, you know, that's pretty, pretty nice. That is pretty nice. Yeah, my Thanksgiving was pretty well. I mean i I had to do the dishes this week or this past weekend with my cousins. That's the rule the, that we have in my family. The adults do the cooking, then we us the kids have to do the dishes after. We kids table yeah we there's there's no kids table though no kids table we're just all the just, kids the kids cleaning duties yeah but um we ended up breaking like this gravy pour as well we only broke the handle and i guess you could say that it was my fault because i'm the first in line washing everything so i guess i should probably take the blame for that yeah oh well that's what they that's what they get for letting the kids do everything yeah right I mean, I did nothing besides watch football and drink wine, so. Hell yeah. That's yeah. the American dream, baby. Hell yeah. We'll get right into it. Jaguars outlasting a last-minute drive from the Texans. Pretty pretty solid game. I said it on Friday, on Friday's episode. You know, expect Jacksonville to come out with a little bit of extra fire, just like the Packers did. You know, Packers lost at home, got embarrassed at home. They came back. Embarrassed Detroit at home, and here we are. Same thing happening, except obviously Jaguars not embarrassing Houston at home, but Jacksonville coming out with a little bit extra fire. Back-to-back weeks for Trevor Lawrence with pretty solid performances, and both of them coming out with a win, you know, and a huge win at that. Jaguars are – they have a pretty firm hold of the AFC South at the moment. Well, this game was huge for the Jaguars because you had Houston who was hot on the heels of the Jaguars. Um, So to come out with a win was huge. And now they have a two game lead over everyone else in their division. 
Um, and they can kind of just coast the rest of the way. They're only a real challenging game they have left is the Ravens. Besides that, they have the Bengals without Joe Burrow. They have the Browns, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Titans, all pretty winnable games. I could, I could only see them realistically winning, losing maybe two of these games. They may not lose it at all. So this is huge for the Jaguars. They're going to get a high seed. They're going to win their division. So this was a big game for them. Yeah, it really was. And like, you know, they got a firm hold of the lead. And like you said, they probably, if anything, they lose the Ravens. But at that point, what's the record? Got three losses. So four losses, 13 and four. You're set for at least a two seed, depending on how the Ravens do the rest of the way. Maybe even the one seed. It's so yeah, possible. It's, it's, it's going to be possible. tough, but it's very possible considering, like, you know, Kansas City. Is, doesn't have a great receiving core, but that defense is still really good enough to help them win games. Right. And and the Chiefs, I will say, as this season has gone on, they have their funk has continued to get worse and worse. They looked great in the beginning of the year, and it looked like it was just business as usual. But now it's kind of the defense is picking up the slack. Defense is getting a little exhausted. And Patrick Mahomes can only do so much. I don't want to br- blame him at all because – the way is he has been able to do more with less in these last couple of years since they tra- they uh, they traded away Tyree Kill, it's been incredible. And if they could just get this guy a number one weapon like he once did with Tyree Kill, I know he had Travis Kelsey. Get him another one because you can't waste this guy's career. And a point that I heard earlier, you know, the Chiefs. A point that I heard was that the Chiefs kind of end up doing the right thing in terms of trading. Uh, Tyreek way so then they have these picks so they can set themselves up to use those draft picks for potential really good wide receiver again they haven't done that they haven't done that that's the problem yeah they drafted Mecole Hardman and they drafted Rasheed Rice yeah neither one of those guys is not he wasn't on the team he's back but there's a reason he wasn't on there to begin with and Rasheed Rice, he's been fine, but he's not a number one guy. He's no, he's nowhere near what Tyree Kill was. No. Uh, going to the Texans side of things, though, C.J. Stroud had his first real bad half of football the other week, and this week didn't really seem to phase him at all. 304 yards, two touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown. My problem here is that he got sacked four times, and the defense didn't really – do much else to help either. I mean, Trevor Lawrence put up 369 yards on the Houston defense, no sacks. I mean, not to put the entire blame on the defense, but you know, it's, this is kind of a worrisome thing maybe at this rate, especially looking at some of the other top teams in the conference, having really good defenses and maybe the Texans aren't going to be able to keep up with that. Yeah. Look, the Texans are ahead of schedule. Like I don't think any of us saw this team being a being a play a playoff caliber franchise this early on in their rebuild. Like they just drafted C.J. Stroud. They got Will Anderson uh, on the side. They didn't expect Tank Dell to become a wide receiver one. They did not expect that. And Nico Collins comes out of nowhere. He's their lead receiver right now. Um, they didn't. I mean, a lot of the stuff is unexpected. So for them to take a few steps back. I mean, that's okay. And they might still make the playoffs. Like if you look at this playoff picture, do you really think Cleveland is going to hold their spot at the sixth seed? I don't think so. 
And I don't, I don't, I wouldn't trust the Steelers either. I trust Houston more, which says a lot more about where this young team is and how they've matured so quickly. So I'm not too worried if they don't make the playoffs, they don't make the playoffs, but they're they're Their expectations weren't high to begin with. So it's all, it's, it's little, little to lose everything to gain at this point. Yeah. And honestly, looking at the schedule, they could potentially even win out. I mean, their toughest game, probably the Broncos, and that's next week. Yeah. And the only reason why I say that is because the Broncos are on a five game winning streak. They are hot, probably the hottest team in the league at the moment, maybe debatably. Probably not. Currently, let's see Currently. this team. Let's see this team face some some solid competition. But I think but that they're going to face all competition in Houston now. This is this is going to be a game to right. watch because the Broncos are, like I said, they're they're right on that line. Both Houston and Denver are right on that line. Could get them closer to a fifth seed. And the Texans are playing the Browns, who you were just saying. They're not. They're going to go on a path, a downhill path, where they're not going to make the playoffs, and especially since with DTR and concussion protocol, um, they're probably going to be looking at being on their fourth quarterback for the season. Yeah, probably. And uh, even if even if Denver loses to Houston, which I would I would lean towards, that's probably what's going to happen. They still they they still have a very real path path at ten and seven, so they could still make the playoffs either way. We we could very well see Denver and Houston both making the playoffs, um, and sneak and sneaking in where none of us saw either of these teams making it uh, earlier on in the year. I mean, just like five minutes ago, Bron- the Broncos were going to be a lottery team. They were going to be in contention for the number one overall pick. Now. Suddenly they could be a playoff team. And now we look at this team a lot differently going into next year. I wouldn't bet on them on them this year in this year's postseason, but at least this is some encouraging, these are some encouraging steps, especially since they just traded for uh Russell Wilson, who's finally looking like the Russell Wilson of old. Yeah, Russell Wilson is pretty high. He didn't he didn't perform all that amazingly last week or this past week in general. I mean, what do you have, like 125 yards or something? He had somewhere around there. 134 yards and a touchdown. He still looked good. It doesn't mean he played bad. It just was one of those games where he wasn't – they didn't really need to rely on him. The rushing attack, 169 yards on the ground. I mean, on top of that, defense was forcing a lot of turnovers too. Five fumbles for Cleveland. Three of them they lost. Um, they got four sacks on PJ Walker as well. Once he got into the game for DTR, um, so yeah. defense, like I, I said this before defense, huge turnaround for them. But my only problem is that they also haven't been facing the greatest offenses either besides, yeah. besides Buffalo, but that well, was also, Dorsey. also, it's a game script thing. They yeah. they've spent the entirety of this game ahead, so there's no need to pass when, uh, when you're basically just coasting and trying to run the clock out, right? That's yeah. for the running game to do. So to be the ability to beat a team in many different ways is a good is a good sign that you're a competitive team. So um, I don't want to get too too far off of the Jaguars Texans game, but Broncos are looking nice. Yeah, 
Um, I don't really have much else to say about that. We pretty much covered what we needed to cover for Jaguars Texans, to be yep. honest, unless you had anything to add. No, I got nothing to add. This is going to be an ex- exciting stretch for both teams. So very, very exciting stuff for the entire AFC South. So, oh yeah, it's gonna be fun, especially with the uh, the Colts kind of in the mix. But they'll probably get on a downward path as well. But we'll save that for when we get to the end of the season. They're still yeah. around for it. Uh, Eagles coming back for the second straight week in overtime win against the Bills. The Buffalo Bills are now 0-6 in their last six overtime games. Um, Eagles, new Super Bowl favorite. You got it. I mean, at this point, you kind of have to look at them as the favorites. I mean, the other team that made the Super Bowl last year, they haven't looked the best. And I believe over our league's history, there have only been eight times where a team has lost the Super Bowl and then gone back. Only three have lost and gone back to win it. So it is virtually unheard of that a team loses the Super Bowl and then does and then goes a step higher the very next year. I know it happened recently with the Patriots, but that's such an anomaly. It never happens. But this Eagles team does look like the type who can bounce back from adversity, and they're beating teams in a lot of different ways. I'm still a little shaky on them. I'm a little iffy because I'm not sure about how their passing game is going to play. But they do have the ability to throw it. And we know about what they can do running it. So maybe. Let's let's see how they do. I I think this is if there's any team that's going to do it, I think it's this Eagles team. I am a little concerned about the secondary of Philly, but excuse me. But regardless, I I have a lot of confidence in them to make another run at it this year. Um, I just don't really see it. I think that the 49ers are still going to be my Super Bowl favorite over Philly this year. Um, I feel like just San Fran's just more of a complete team and I think the lack of passing from uh, or lack thereof throwing for Jalen Hurts is kind of going to end up biting them in the butt later on. Um, but, you know, that's still a good defense regardless. That's still a really good D-line for Philly. Uh, the Eagles still have a good run game. DeAndre Swift, out of nowhere. What a great pickup DeAndre Swift has been, by the way. I don't. We don't really talk about him nearly as much as we probably should be. Yeah, yeah. It's never – I don't think it's ever been an abilities thing with him. We all know that he has the talent. It's always been a health thing with him over in Detroit. And so far in in uh, Philly, he's been healthy, and therefore he's been one of the best running backs in the league. I believe he's one of the one of the top rushers in in terms of yards this season. So if they're able to, so if he's able to stay healthy, along with Rashad Penny, then that's a really really good running game to add with Jalen Hurts in that option offense. Yeah, and you know when DeAndre Swift first got traded to the Eagles and they let Miles Sanders go. I was a little like, well, what's the difference here? You know, you got, you just sent away one injury prone back for another injury prone back that I feel like Miles Sanders at the time could have been very comparable to DeAndre Swift, but they're both not healthy enough to really 
make comparisons. So that's kind of just what it felt like. But, you know, now with Miles Sanders not getting any attention in Carolina and DeAndre Swift is just acting like a world beater running with the football right now. Obviously, Philly made the right move. Yeah. For the for the Bills. Um oh boy. I as much as I give Josh Allen a lot of crap, I'd say this was more of a all-around Josh Allen is not the reason why this team lost today on Sunday. Yeah. That's for that's for sure. First, you know, we all thought that when Ken Dorsey got fired, they just got the scapegoat out. In the last two games, Josh Allen has basically been the reason why they've been winning, or at least on Sunday's case, keeping them in the game and sending them to overtime. Obviously, the Philly Eagle, the field goal, that's one thing, but Josh Allen drove them down the field, got the touchdown to make it happen. Look, he's still an elite quarterback. Like, I think we're all – he is having a, a down year. There's no two ways about it. But I think a lot of it is really not his fault. His yeah. offensive line in the past year and a half has been putrid, like actually terrible. And I think we put too much blame on Josh Allen and not enough on that offensive line. Oh, on top sure. of that, on top of that, I don't think the coaching is very good. Sean McDermott, I think he's he deserves being in question as he has been this year. He's okay, but – I still think he's he's not that good. Um, There's been so many coaching gas from him this year. Oh my god, it's yeah. unreal. Yeah, and he is an okay coach. He's okay. He's part of the reason Bill the Bills made this turnaround in the last few years. But um, on top of that, the defense. This defense has been terrible, and it's not their fault either. It's because of the it's because of these injuries. So. Like, I, I do feel a little bit for Josh Allen. I just think he's one of those quarterbacks where you do, like, he's able to overcome some of your weaknesses, but he does turn the ball over a lot. And if you don't have the best offensive line, if you don't have a defense that can make up for those turnovers that Josh Allen creates, then you're going to have some issues with Josh Allen at quarterback. But he's still a very good quarterback, as he has shown the last two games. So. It's just a bad year, man. This Bills team, they need to they need to look towards next year. I think the problem with the Bills is my main problem with the Bills is that they have such a hard time closing games out. If it's like a two-score game, that's one thing. You know, they got a two-score game with 10 minutes left, no problem. But when it's a one-score game, 10 minutes left in the ball game or going into overtime, you just can't trust them. They're just not built for that kind of adversity it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's definitely something that they need to look at as well. But, um, but ever coaching, since, like, but sorry, but to your coaching point as well, like, it's as little as Sean McDermott calling a timeout when the Eagles are rushing onto the field for that last field goal of the game or Jake Elliott's field goal to send it to overtime. You know, you got to let that be at that point. And on, even in overtime, they're not sending enough pressure and they're letting Jalen Hurts just beat him with his legs. That's that's a huge coaching thing right there. Soft zone has been the death of the Bills, and that's what they keep on running for some reason, laying games, and that's what keeps beating them. Yeah. Well, like that was a boneheaded move, wasn't it? 
You're, yeah. So it's a 59-yard field goal. They're rushing into it. It doesn't look like they have their stuff together. And then you give them time to collect themselves with that timeout. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. I get that you're trying to ice the kicker, but I feel like that's one of the few scenarios you don't want to do that. You're rushing it's... into a long field goal. They, they're probably not even thinking about what they're doing right now. When you give them time to, to collect themselves, you're just making it worse for yourself. I, I reference this all the time when like you're in base like in baseball and you're thinking about the analytics and how you shouldn't be thinking about the analytics for a lot of certain situations. Like icing the kicker is analytics thing. It's not it's not necessarily an analytics thing, but percentage wise, like you should ice the kicker if you can. But you also gotta have a feel for the game too. Like instances like that, you shouldn't be calling a timeout. If your pitcher's got a one hitter through seven, maybe you shouldn't pull him out. It's yeah. the little things like having a disconnect from the feel of the game is what kills a lot of teams. Right. Um. There's there really not enough. I mean, there's really not enough evidence that icing the kicker works, and we don't really need to get into it. No, because we we're kind but, of just talking about the bills, but yeah, like, but like I, I was just, yeah, I was just saying like example wise, like, I feel like a lot of times, like Sean McDermott just is disconnected from the field of the game. That, that was kind of just my point of it all. Right. I, I agree. But, uh, anything you wanted to add before we move on? Not really. We pretty much, you, we can, we've been on the bills quite enough to, to yeah. cover it. So. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the bills anymore either. We'll uh, we'll take a quick break when we come back. Tanking update. A lot of a lot of big losses here in the top five. You are listening to the Fumble Ruski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright. Time for the tanking update. Uh, top five picks. Pro the projected top five picks right now. Carolina, which is obviously going to go to Chicago. Arizona, New England, Chicago, and Washington. New England getting themselves as the number three pick. Didn't, they didn't move at all, right? They were number three last week as well. I just wanted to double-check that. New England was number three, yeah, uh, and they are right now. But if they lose out, and so does Arizona, because Arizona has not had their bye yet, um, if they both lose out, New England gets it. Mm. So, anyways. So, New England, despite... The terrible loss to the Giants. The only thing that really changed was the Giants and Washington kind of getting flipped in and out. 
Um, there was a moment where New England had the two spot until Arizona lost. Um, but Carolina, still the worst team in the league. Debatably New England at this point, in my opinion. Um, Giants no longer in the top five. Commanders taking over that spot. Even with Chicago, or Chicago, Washington, and New York all at four and eight. And Chicago picking up a big win last night as well on Monday Night Football against the Vikings, forcing four turnovers, four interceptions on Josh Dobbs. Yeah, so they still have two top five picks, but if the Bears, I mean, the Bears have a solid roster. So if they they can potentially win a few more games out of this, and they're lucky that they have Carolina, who is the worst team in all of football. Yeah. But um, the biggest point to make out of this Tankathon update is that both the top two picks currently, Arizona and Carolina, they they both made changes recently. Arizona brought back Kyler Murray off the ACL tear, and Carolina fired their coach, Frank Reich. And Carolina, I mean, they have nothing to play for. They're not playing for that number one pick because it's the Bears' pick right now. So they're trying to win more games, and that may play them out, out of the number one overall pick. Same with Arizona at number two. Uh, if they keep on playing Kyler Murray, they may find themselves winning a couple of games here. Um, and New England, on, on the other hand, does not make any changes. No matter how bad Mac Jones played, they couldn't. They will not start anybody else. They just cut Will Greer, their third-string quarterback. Bailey Zappi, they seem to just hate a lot. So who are they going to start? And Malik Cunningham, he keeps being in and out of waivers. So they don't they refuse to make any changes to their starting lineup, to their starting quarterback, to their coaching. Belichick still hasn't been fired. Leads me me to believe that this team might be intentionally trying to tank. I mean, Bill's the GM, so you know, that's that's where you cross the line of GM and coach. The GM is your GM is your head coach. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill was to do something like that, but at the end of the day, too, like, you know, who 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 is better than Mac Jones on that depth chart? Like, there's – if they're – they the point is, like, the Patriots are still going to be competitive. Everyone's fighting for their lives, their jobs, and everyone's out there to win. No one is actually intentionally trying to tank, which is why Mac Jones is probably going to continue to be the starter unless they just finally throw in Zappy now, but – Zappy doesn't give you any more of a chance to win than Mac Jones does. Yeah, but it, I don't think it's I don't think it's so much about who is better right now because they've both been bad. More just trying to at least make changes so that you can send the message to your locker room that you are trying to win. If you keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results, that's a di- that's a dif- that's a definition of insanity. Yeah. So if you keep on sending the the message to the to the locker room that we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and we hope we win, you're not fooling anyone there. You're everyone knows you're not going to win that way if you keep doing this. I mean, you just lost to the Giants. That's about as rock bottom as it gets. The yeah. team that is down to their backup quarterback. They don't have their starting court, their starting QB, who also sucks. And you just lost to them. Yeah. And worse of worse of all, 
you lose because your rookie kicker missed the field goal when you could have just kept old ass Nick Folk, who's autom who's been automatic since he joined the Patriots back in what 2020, and he's been automatic ever since. Yeah. Like I can only think of three times when he missed a field goal. He was unbelievable, and you got rid of him. Continued success in Tennessee, and we have this bum ass Chad Ryland. Oh, it's about as bad as it Holy, gets, man. Honestly, I'm just more irritated because I bet that the game would go to overtime and I would have won $70 if Chad Ryland hit that kick. Mm. Now it, it, it now it's, it's really getting, it's, it's getting personal now that, yeah. now that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, but like you said, Chicago could play themselves out of the top five. Um, that, that four, five, six spot is going to be very interesting. And Arizona could easily also play themselves out of the top two or top three spots. Yeah. So it's kind of just a pick, pick and choose, like which ones you think that these teams might steal. I mean, I, I can expect Chicago to probably steal at least one more game. Maybe who else they got on their schedule. Let me let me check. Lions next week, Browns, Cardinals, Falcons, Packers. I feel like they could steal one from the Browns. They could probably just as well beat the Cardinals. Cardinals could also just as easily beat the Bears. So there's your tanking update right there. Bears, Cardinals, week 13, 14, Bears, Cardinals, week 15. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, week 15. Um, Yeah, that's all I got, though. Anything yeah. you'd like to add? Yeah, not really. I think we're ready to move on. Yeah, all right. Take a quick break. Come back. We'll go over the week 12, top three, bottom three. You are listening to the Fumbaruski Podcast. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright. Week 12, top three, bottom three. Um, there wasn't really a, a lot of teams that really stood out as a top three, bottom three. So I decided to leave out honorable mentions for this week. That being said, top three, Eagles. Got a big overtime win. Jake Elliott with an impressive 60-yard kick through the rain. Um, one that will go down in Philly lore and keeping themselves atop the top of the NFC right now. Steelers getting a win, keeping themselves in that wild card spot in the AFC and the first 400 yard offensive game in 58 games. 
And if you want to know how many games that is or how long that is, that was when Matt Canada first got hired. Jaguars. Coincidence, big... I think not. What was that? I said coincidence, I think not. I think not. <laughs> what a bum. What a bum. <sighs> Continue. Jaguars. Uh, big revenge game over the Texans, and they got firm control over the AFC South now, and it's their division to lose now. Thoughts from the peanut gallery. All right. Um, I would say this is all pretty good. Yeah. The Eagles, they gained the win. Um, that was huge because that was very close. That was a very near upset. Uh, the Eagles said, call an ambulance, call an ambulance <laughs> in overtime after being down. They pulled out that gun and they said, but not for me. Jalen Hurts saves the day. That's a big one. Uh, that would have been a good meme for us to post. Yeah, it would have. Well, you had that oh, ready for the Bills. I did have it ready for the Bills. I could have changed it up, but I didn't think about it until the next day. Yeah. But Oh, well. We'll think about our next viral meme soon that yeah. people will probably steal. I was, hoping the, I was hoping the Trailer Park Boys uh, Bills meme would hit, but oh, well. We'll get another one. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the Jaguars getting that win was huge. Like that is that is about as big as it gets for any team this week, because if they lose, then I'm pretty sure the Texans have the lead in that division. So not so they go from barely being in the playoffs to now all of a sudden you're in contention for a top pick or excuse me for a top seed uh, in the playoff picture. Like you're you're you put yourself back into that position with a reasonably soft schedule coming up, so that's huge. That is huge for the Jaguars. It's smooth sailing from here on out. So I like this list. Good good list. Thank you. I try my best. Of course. Uh, bottom three: Panthers, worst team in the league. They they're just doing nothing to help themselves from give having to give the Bears the first overall pick and sticking it to them. And they, oh man, they just they just stink. Lions, you got embarrassed on Thanksgiving to Jordan Love and the Packers. Mm-mm-mm. Vikings, Josh Dobbs, four interceptions. The Josh Dobbs insanity run is over, and you only got ten points on the Bears. Yeah, it wasn't and the Bears short enough. You. And the Bears beat you. Yeah. Thought, thoughts from you, Adam. Oh, that Josh Dobbs Lynn Sanity run wasn't was annoying. Everyone oh, was awesome. saying fun. It was awesome. It it was fun until people started calling the Vikings a Super Bowl contender or a, pl- a an actual playoff team. I get it. It was a cool run, but this is the issue that I had with Ryan Fitzpatrick during his Tampa days or any day at all when he would play well, or Nick Foles during that Super Bowl run. Everyone all of a sudden says this is a great team. This is an awesome quarterback until they start to show their true colors again. Well, yeah, that's just, that's just recency bias. Exactly. Football is the biggest thing for recency bias. And that, and that's what I'm saying. I think it got way, way out of hand with Josh Dobbs. I get it. He played well, but now we're seeing what this Vikings team truly is without Kirk Cousins. 
Um, not that they were anything special with him, but it's it's significantly worse with the next guy up, which is Josh Dobbs. Um, but they still have some good stuff going. They they need a new quarterback, but we'll see how how they do. Um, the line. Sure. Sorry, I was just about to some breaking news actually. If you're a Vikings fan, good news. Justin Jefferson has been activated off of IR. Okay, so we got our Jordan Addison. We got Justin Jefferson. KJ Osborne, uh, compl- uh TJ Hawkinson. And, and have- on top of that, more time to get healthy. They're on the bye week this week. Yeah, sure. That's probably why they did it, so that yeah. they could give him some time to get healthy. But um that's going to be that's going to be something to look at is his contract situation because I believe he's entering a contract year after this season, mm. uh, which is going to be interesting. Do they? They're probably going to franchise tag him. Oh, why, yeah. why do I? Why do I even bother? Uh, yeah. But if they trade him, ooh, what if he decides I want to go and join my two former teammates in Cincinnati? Wouldn't that be? I a feel story? like that might be a long shot. Let's pump the brakes on that. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to think to make some storylines here. That's 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 what our that's our goal as as reporters. That's a that's a fun storyline. Why while it may be, but let's think about it this way. I mean, Bengals need to use that money to reload. They do, and to save enough of it so they can sign. Or wait, Joe Burrow just got. Did he get an extension? Burrow got an extension. Yeah. Jamar Chase still oh, needs he's it. All set. But Jamar Chase still needs it. T. Higgins still needs it. Tyler Boyd yeah. still needs it. Exactly. But what I'm saying is to hell with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and let them go. Trade for Ju- Justin Jefferson, and then there you go. You're set. <laughs> That'd be a ridiculous offense. That would if be Joe unbelievable. Would, if Joe Burrow could stay healthy, that would be an insane offense. Yeah, if the Bengals don't get him killed first. But yeah. uh, back to your list. Yeah. I was just getting to the Lions. Okay. The Lions, they lost the most momentum in this game. Like, that's about as bad as it gets. You lose to one of the worst teams in your division, one of the worst teams in the conference in embarrassing fashion. I mean, yes, it was by one score, but don't let that final score fool you. For most of that game, they were down double digits. They're down like three scores most of that game, it felt like. So, like, yeah, upsets happen. So let's see how things go later on. Maybe they still they still are a Super Bowl contender. Maybe they're not. But that was a bad way to lose. And Jared Goff looked really bad in this game. My how many picks did he throw? Did he throw three picks? No, he uh he didn't throw any picks, but he fumbled the ball a ton. Yeah. That's about as that's about as bad as it gets. The quarterback that you, they decided that they believed in. Yeah, he didn't throw any picks. Statistically, without the fumbles, he actually looks pretty good. Two touchdowns, 332 yards. But that's because they were playing from behind the entire game. Yeah. I mean, like, Ugh. we I expect think- when we were doing our Thanksgiving preview, we expected this to be a win for the Lions. We did not see a scenario where they win. No. So that's that's oh that's this is really bad for the for the Lions. But I I mean I did say that the Packers are gonna come out with a little bit of fire, but do I don't like, think we expected like a win. Not like this. We expected maybe a one score game. They give us scare. I, I'd understand that because this is a, a young Packers team to come out with a win in this fashion, being up double digits most of the game, 
The only yeah. reason the final score was what it was was because of a couple a couple garbage time touchdowns. Other than that, how the hell did you put pull this out? Yeah, something tell think, something seems a little off with Jer- with Jared Goff. I think that I mean even the you can even look at the Chicago game. I mean Detroit only won by five, and they were down for most of that game too. It felt like. I yeah. mean, going into the fourth quarter, they were down. Jared Goff had three interceptions, four turnovers total for uh, Detroit, and they got saved because Chicago is Chicago at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I and, mean, uh, then again, we I gave this treatment to Brock Purdy. You know, it's just a bad, just a bad little stretch. Yeah, but this is this is seven turnovers in two games. Yeah, that is, that is bad. That is terrible. But, but I gave the same treatment to Brock Purdy. I'm gonna give the same treatment to Jared Goff. I think this is just gonna I think this is just gonna blow over. Give it another week or two. If I mean they still if he's still playing yeah. this bad in two weeks, then we can get on the train of oh no, the Lions are in trouble. They might, but I mean they have the schedule like it's not like they're gonna be battle tested down the stretch here. Like they, they don't have anything to prove. They just need, I mean, they, uh, this schedule is just really, it's really easy for them. Saints, bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings again. Yeah. Like if they win those, we're not going to be saying, Oh, look out for the lions. We're going to be saying, okay, you beat the teams that you should be beating, but you lost to some teams in fraudulent fashion. But at the same time, too, one, two, three more NFC North games that you can get another division scare right there, just like we got the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying that the worst, the best that they could do is show that they are what they are. Yeah. The worst that they could do is make themselves look worse. They there's no there's what I'm saying is there's nothing to gain here. It's just everything to lose. You have an easy schedule. You should not be losing games against the Packers. You well, that's not. that's why I mean like if this starts going on for next week against the Saints and the week after that against the Bears again, then we should be kind of sounding the alarm. Right. So in that case, I think we agree on a lot more than we believe than we think we do. Yeah. Right then we're actually sounding we're, like right now. <laughs> we're, just, we're just arguing just to argue just because we're on a talk show. We're we're arguing just space. Yeah. We're we're yelling at a cloud right now. If anyone was confused, um, we were both agreeing that they have an easy enough schedule where this shouldn't happen. But I expanded and said, give it two weeks. Yep. Yeah. I think that's pretty much sums it up. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we'll get right into it. The Fumble Ruski fan box. Hold on. Didn't have the script ready to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fumble Ruski fan box. Fan box. We post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. We will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. Wasn't really a question this week, but fan box for this week. I miss him, but it's an NFL player. I don't know if anyone has seen the the meme or at least the 
football or just sports memes in general of people doing that and responding with throwback players. Um, Adam, you want me to read them off or do you want to? Yeah, we could. Uh, let's go. Let's go back and forth. Okay. I'll okay. start. All right. Uh, Johnny Zaccaro. He said Le'Veon Bell. Now this is a guy who I miss the player. I do not miss the person. Yeah. Guy was a douchebag. He skipped out on an, ent- an entire season because he wanted more money. Eventually got traded to the Jets where he did not live up to the money he was paid. On top of that, he could not stop uh, breaking the rules. I'm pretty sure he had a PED exp- uh, suspension. And he also had a suspension for, for marijuana. Yeah. Now I have no, I, here's my issue. I have no issue with marijuana smokers. If you want to do that, that's all, that's all fine and good. What I hate is the crowd that's that uh, believes that because they disagree with the rules that they don't apply to them. Yeah. We see this in football rules all the time where a, a bad rule is enforced. And because it's in, it's enforced, all of their fans say, Oh, that cat, that is, that should be a catch. I hate the rules. So therefore they don't apply to me and they should have won the game. The Jesse James catch, which is what I'm referring to. The, the Des Bryant catch. They weren't catches by the rules, but their fan base doesn't care. They believe it's a catch, so therefore it's a catch to them. Yeah. Same same way with these with these rules that he used to break. He believes that because he doesn't he thinks it's not okay for marijuana to be outlawed that he can do it himself. You still it's it's still against the rules. Like it's just the act of like that's I can go on a, I can go all day with that. I would blame Le'Veon Bell for the running back market situation that we are currently in as well, because yep. of that whole situation on top of him going to the Jets and just sucking afterwards. Um, yeah. Incredible player. Pretty Yeah, let's move on to the actual player. Let's move on to the actual player. You know, yeah. Le'Veon Bell, the player, rushed very differently. Had amazing patience, waited for the hole to open up, and the way he would accelerate through it, mm. that was a running he, back right there. Yeah, yeah, that's a running back. Trusting his offensive line. You could see when he he would be looking around, he would ha- get the ball, he'd look for, for a little bit, wait, then <laughs> goes right through the hole, and then he, next thing you know, he's gone. Extremely shifty, too. Oh, my God. The video of uh, the Jaguars D lineman AFC Championship game. And it looks like he's got him at the line of scrimmage. And then he's like, oh, yeah. Snapped him in half. All right. Let's move on before, <laughs> before we get too aroused by this guy. Whoa. Um, Chill out with that. Don't have to say that. Just telling it how it is. All right, buddy. Johnny Coletta, uh, the late Demarius Thomas. Rest in peace. Go Broncos. Man. Go Broncos. Man, he was a dog. He was pretty good. Slut, listen, I don't want to speak. I'm just talking about him as a player. He was slightly soft. I just All I remember is that one time where he had a catch and somebody actually stripped it from him. And it, it was, do you even call it a strip? Do you call that a, what do you call that? So there's That's- strip fumbles, like strip sacks. Is this like a strip, a strip pick? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, he had a I mean, ball I, I would have just hands. said that he just bullied him, but there's that too. There's that too. He he's an incre- he was an incredible player, though. 
That's yeah. That's one way to to put it. Um, and as a Patriots fan, I definitely was upset that they got him once his play had fallen off. I would have loved to have him in his prime with Brady throwing him passes. That would have been cool. I know. It's it's tough. I still have Madden 20, and I started up a new career mode, and just starting from that last season in uh, in New England, I, I am the backup quarterback, by the way, taking over after Brady retires. And Madden has Demarius Thomas going for, like, another two or three seasons. I made him, in, I made him into a god. It was great. Oh, man. It was yeah, awesome. I do, yeah, but rest in peace to Marius Thomas. Um, we can talk all we want about what he was like as a player, but great person. I mean, we, we could talk about a lot of players who were really good at football but were terrible people off the field, and Demarius Thomas was a good dude. Yeah. Um, all right. Ian Mulhern said Luke Keekley. Mm. Now, there's a name we have not heard in a long time. A long time. Luke we'll probably Keekley. go down as – one of the smartest players of all time, too. And in thinking about him on the field versus off it, the way he dressed, his glasses, kind of reminds you a little bit of Clark Kent, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Clark Kent versus Superman. What mm. a badass. Yeah. Hard nose hitter, too. I mean, man, probably debatably the best middle linebacker of the 2010s. Yeah, one of the best off-ball linebackers we will ever see. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we could say it sucks that he retired or that he retired fairly early. It was about what age thirty. Um, yeah, something like that. I mean that, like, but Boston some of College these, legend. A lot of players, a lot of players quit um, too late to the point where they just can't function once they step off the field, right? And then their the rest of their life is kind of subpar. They're crippled. Their brain is mush. Luke Keekley went on went out on a high note, so I can at least ex- I can at least respect that. Yeah, you can't say we out, don't miss him though. He went out like a couple years after that Super Bowl. Yeah, something like that. All right. Um, oh, this one's mine. Yeah, uh, Chase McGinty. He had two. Lashawn McCoy and Darren Sproles. Shady. Man, uh, the Eagles have had some good running backs over the years. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, Brian Westbrook, Sean McCoy, DeAndre Swift, even had LeGarrette Blunt on that squad as well at one point. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Uh, I'm not even going to give Miles Sanders flowers. Screw him. Um, Why? Nah, every time I had Miles Sanders on my fantasy team, he sucked. Right. I, I mean, him. in real life, though. I won't even I won't even count him. But um, why am I blanking? Um, Jay Jai, but that was kind of at the end of his career. Um, ah, oh, I'm thinking of one guy. I can't think of his name. Um, I, I can't think of him either. Oh, he was like, I think he was also on that Super Bowl winning team, maybe before. Besides the um, point. Yeah. But LaShawn McCoy, absolute dog. Top five running back of the 2010s. It's too he, bad that he, it's too oh, bad that. It's too bad that Chip Kelly had to be the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oof. Remember when we actually thought he was like a good coach? He's a good college coach. That's it. Yeah, good in college. Then he went to the Eagles, didn't do anything. Went to the 49ers, poisoned the well there too. He just just, didn't a, do there. just another example of a college coach not cutting it in the NFL. Yep. 
Um, Darren Sproles, though, one of the best returners of all time. Boy, was shifty. He was undersized. He was a little guy, but he could hit hard. Yeah. And he was hard to catch, which I guess I guess goes hand in hand with being shifty and being hard to catch because if there's less of you, then you're a smaller target. Also, you're you're going to be a lot more like when you're smaller, you're going to be it's easier for you to distribute weight and move between the tackles. So, yeah, you're up, right? All right, Patrick Williver. He said Jeremy Hill. That is such a throwback name. And the fact that people only, I bet, I believe that only Bengals fans remember this guy because. It's well, not I remember him. That, well, you, you remember him as an, as an afterthought, but this is, this is one of those players who he had that one good year when he first joined the league. And after that, he hasn't done anything since. I mean, he, yeah. it was a quick fall from grace for this guy. Um, but this guy, I mean, if you remember that one year and this could also be the same could be applied to Andy Dalton when he first entered the league, who was actually pretty good when he first started out, right? All of a sudden he's forgotten in minutes, which kind of stinks, but we can at least remember when they were both good. It's true. The red rifle, baby. I don't really have much else to say about Jeremy Hill, to be honest. He was. He was good for while he was around. Yeah. All right. You're up. Nate Sloat. Uh, he said Fitzy. And we're just going to assume they said Larry Fitzgerald. But, I mean, we can also say Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was he was fun. They were both fun to watch. But um, Larry Fitzgerald, man, one of the greatest playoff performers of all time. Um, I think he had more. Uh, he had more tackles than he did drop passes. Unreal. Man, that guy did not drop passes. Also, once he, in the rare occasions that he did make the playoffs, he lit it up. Yeah. That dude lit it up. And he can thank Carson Palmer for his late, uh, for his uh, late resurgence because Carson Palmer joined, joined that team. They were perennially a bottoming out team. And suddenly they start, they start making the playoffs and Fitzgerald gets his opportunities to actually do some things, which was great. Carson Palmer was on pace to be an MVP in 2015 too, he which was. is, which is crazy to think about in 2015. Yeah. I mean, he did have a really good year in 15, but I mean, Cam Newton took that award by storm. Also, yeah, but, if well, the Patriots, I, he, I will, I will die on this hill. The Patriots that year did not get hit by the injury bug. They're 16-0. Tom Brady's an MVP, and they finished the complete season. Yeah, the Pats were very dangerous that year. But yeah. that that Denver defense was just insane, too. I mean, that sorry to get off topic about Larry Fitzgerald, but, you know, that Denver defense hit Brady 20 times. That offensive line could not stop a nosebleed. Yeah. Their offensive line sucked that year because they lost Nate Solder early on. Um, but they also, I mean, they also lost Edelman for most of the year. Yep. Gronk was clearly playing hurt during that game in the AFC Championship. Um, I mean, like, and they still, 
were an ex a missed Steven Gostowski extra point from winning that game. I mean, he never misses extra points. Yeah. So, oh man, <sighs> that's a, that's, I will always forever be grateful for that Patriots dynasty, but there's no denying that they less left some meat on the bone. They 2017, really 2015, um, 2011, 2007, 2006. God, so many years they could have won the Super Bowl, but didn't. Literally. Um, all right, read off the last one. All right, here we go. Colin Ray said Megatron. So we go from one, uh, one legend wide receiver to another. And when this guy was healthy and on the field and have had Matthew Stafford throwing to him, this guy was a beast. And I would also like to point out all of the best single wide receiver seasons have come from Matthew Stafford throwing to him. Yeah. Cooper Cup. Right now it's Puka, Puka Nakua. And on top of that, you also have uh, Calvin, uh, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, top five wide receiver of all time. And might I, I, don't, I don't mean to turn this into Tom Brady again, but isn't it crazy how during the span of his career, this guy had a, a Hall of Fame career, retired, and then was inducted in the Hall of Fame in the same stretch that he was still in the league. Yeah, that's that's pretty insane. I mean, Calvin Johnson, I mean, it's funny because Larry Fitzgerald and Calvin Johnson are two players that get debated about a lot of who is better. And it's just funny that we just happen to have them back to back here. And two guys that had pretty similar but not so similar careers, you know, both, you know, Larry Fitzgerald at least made the playoffs a couple times. Calvin Johnson only made the playoff uh, the playoffs once, sadly, because of him being on those terrible Lions teams. Um, top of that, uh, Calvin Johnson's career getting cut short, early retirement, whereas Larry Fitzgerald played for a very long time. Um, wish we got were able to see more Calvin Johnson, but I feel like that would have just, I feel like it could have just ended up turning out to be more of a, Julio Jones situation at the end of the day for him. Sure. But if you remember, it was 20, it was 2015, right? When he retired that off season, he was going to be a free agent and I wanted him to be a Patriot. You want to, everyone wants everyone to be on their team. All right. I don't care. I want him to be a Patriot. I, I think about, I think a lot about what could have been. And that is one of them because we saw what Randy Moss did. Give yeah. me, give me Calvin Johnson with Tom Brady. Give me Megatron. They're winning back to back to back to back. You're not wrong, but uh, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to uh, listening to us. New episode coming out on Friday at five. New episodes out on Tuesdays at seven thirty. Fridays at five Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcast iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and so much more. Be sure to follow our Instagram, Fumbleruski underscore podcast, and our TikTok, Fumbleruski pod, to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright, we thank you for listening to us. Adam, you have a wonderful rest of your day. You as well, man. Thanks, man. But uh, we will see you on Friday. Over and out.